0: Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of the Emerald Planet and Emerald Planet TV. We come to you on a week-to-week basis from Washington, D.C. in the United States as we look around the globe in 144 different nations looking for those thousand best practices, the technology, services, and products that are making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And as we have a planet of 9 billion people by 2038 and possibly 12 to 13 billion by the end of this century. How are we going to be able to take care of all these people on planet Earth? And that's what Emerald Planet's all about. We come to you looking at the solutions, the best practices from around the globe as we create the Emerald Planet. Hello, welcome to the Emerald Planet. We're making a difference as we move through the 21st century and seeing the long-term impacts of climate change. So we're glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. Welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. We're talking about a problem that's going across the entire globe, that of wildfires. As the planet continues to dry out, wildfires becoming more of a, more of a problem billions, possibly even trillions of dollars worth of loss, human life, infrastructure, and of course, nature, and emitting the greenhouse gases that are coming off the pollution of all of these fires. So we're gonna be talking about this and we're gonna be introducing Dr. Vasily Gardoni. She is the research director of the Institute of Environment Research at the National Observatory of Athens, uh, doing groundbreaking work And we thank her for being with us, but we're going to switch right into a video. Introducing Dr. Vasliki Kotrani. She is the research director, Institute of Environmental Research, National Observatory of Athens. And uh, tell us a little bit about the National Observatory. Why is it so important?
1: Uh, The National Observatory of Athens is a research institute with a very large history. We're working on environmental studies, on astronomy, on uh, earthquakes, But uh, in my institute, what we're doing uh, uh, is uh, working on all natural uh, disasters that are mostly related to weather. And we have a lot of them, such as uh, floods, but uh, also wildfires that uh, we're going to talk about now.
0: Yeah, and looking at this map, uh, the incidents, uh, the areas burned, uh, this is an incredible uh, loss as far as nature is concerned but also homes, buildings, and basic infrastructure. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is true. We had, uh, during the past 20 years, we have a large number of wildfires, more than 100,000 wildfires that have burned more than 700,000 hectares. These are uh, very large areas, but it's true that also Greece belongs to the Mediterranean, and the Mediterranean area is an area which is uh, very prone to uh, wildfires. Mm
0: Now, looking at these, uh, these are really dramatic scenes and we're gonna go through this because you have some really fantastic best practices we wanna talk about. Uh, but just give us a brief overview of what are, what we're seeing and the, the scale of destruction.
1: Uh, well, uh, as I already uh, mentioned, we have a very uh, large number of wildfires. If we're talking about the uh, large ones, uh, those may be also deadly we had deadly wildfires in Greece um, even recently during the last decade with uh, more uh, uh, fires with more than hundred uh, dead people uh, more recently we had destructive uh, fires which uh, were related to the warm and dry conditions uh, in uh, southern Europe and at this point I should say that uh, Facing climate change, these physical, uh, conditions will be even worse in the future, and this might increase the length and the severity of the fire season, the areas at risk, and the probability of large fires.
0: Yeah, you know, and this is something we're finding across the west of the United States as well, but it ha- it's happening in Australia, Brazil, uh, Argentina, uh, South Africa, many places are being faced with this. And uh, But it's just so dramatic to see the power, the force uh, of these fires and the impact it's having on local communities and the inhabitants uh, that you have in those areas. And so this is something that we need to be very much aware of. Uh, but looking at the, the spread of this fire, tell us what we're looking at here and why is this map so important?
1: Uh, This map shows uh, uh, a destructive fire that uh, burned uh, an area near Attica. Attica is where Athens, the uh, uh, capital of Greece, uh, is. This uh, was uh, an extreme wildfire uh, which uh, has burned, which which reached the coast uh, in one hour and a half. That is uh, why people were not able to be evacuated And that's why it has been destructive in terms of people who were dead. Here with the red color, we can see in a simulation of uh, the fire spread, how we can use uh, within an early warning system, a very powerful tool, uh, which uh, gives us the possibility, once we know the ignition point of a wildfire, to know how the fire will be uh, spread within uh, uh, the next uh, one hour, two hours or six hours. And this uh, is an example.
0: Yeah, and looking at this, uh, tell us a little bit about why this really is uh, so important, uh, but also about the intensity and the increase as far as the uh, the destruction from these wildfires. Uh,
1: this is an example of uh, how wildfires can be very destructive uh, in terms of severity in uh, uh, in the frame of uh, uh, extreme heat waves also. This is uh, here we can see that uh, in a season with uh, uh, long heat waves that uh, make the conditions more dry and the fuels, uh, the dead fuels, even drier, uh, this increases uh, the severity of the fires. Here we can see that we have uh, more than 500% increase in the mm-hmm. areas burned uh, compared to the average. Which happened uh, this year with extreme heat waves uh, at the same time. Mm
0: Yeah, this is something. Also, I
1: would like to stress that there's another thing. Uh, uh, This uh, slide here shows us a season with extreme uh, number of hectares which have been burnt, and they have been the compound effect of extreme heat waves but also of the effect of the winter which with severe snowfall which has increased the number of has uh, produced significant damages to forests and of pine trees in uh, Athens Greece and other areas and uh, a lot of branches uh, uh, sorry a lot of trees have been uprooted and branches have been broken and this has increased a lot the um, uh, quantity of fuels in the forest and this uh, uh, also shows us that compound effects of natural hazards make um, the effects even more uh, severe.
0: Now, we're looking at this, and I'm going to skip through this one, but this gives give you an idea uh, to our viewers as far as the severity and the increase, the average burnt area uh, of uh, what's going on, not only in Greece, but this is actually happening in many other countries as we heard the reporter uh, talking about in uh, Turkey. Uh, Also, Russia has been going through uh, such severity. But uh, getting down to the best practices, this is something that you've really focused on through your observatory. Tell us why what you're doing is so critically important.
1: Uh, what what is, is very important uh, is that early communication of crucial information of the level of danger for fire spread, of the properties of wildfire, of impacts and that measures can help people protect their lives and their property, and also they can assist the operational agencies. That is why early warning systems that can be developed with the help of uh, scientists are very important. And here, at uh, the National Observatory of Athens, we have focused in the uh, design and implementation of an early warning system that includes uh, forecasting wildfire danger, which is very important, and because uh, uh, this way we can be prepared for uh, in, um, uh, of, of wildfires. It includes remote sensing of wildfire activity uh, using satellite technologies, and also, an important tool that I have talked about before is the uh, implementation of a rapid response system for fire spread forecasting. This is the Iris system that we have developed at the National Observatory of Athens among the very few wildfire spread modeling system operationally implemented worldwide. Uh, that can be on demand deployed by, by the uh, fire service. It is. Uh, Uh, used by the Greek Fire Service, and it it has proved to be very important in the fire management.
0: Yeah, and this is something that's showing the uh, actual areas. Now, why is it uh, important to have this historical uh, perspective, as well as predicting what's going to be happening in the future? And we have about one minute left to do this.
1: Uh, This is very important because uh, it helps uh, uh, the early warning systems developed uh, with the -the state-of-the-art methods and technologies are very important for the regional authorities because they can use this information to schedule effective uh, strategies to, for example, uh, um, work against the accumulation of burning fuel and so uh, be better prepared. Uh, All these tools can also help the civil protection agencies and fire services so they can um, increase their their capacities to combat against uh, wildfires and to inform and also to protect the population which uh, are uh, who are in danger. And also uh, all these systems about um, all these early warning systems can help also the general public to uh, be better protected, uh, uh, better protect their uh, life and their property.
0: And I think um, uh, we're gonna finish with this uh, image, uh, that's leaky, and I think this is something you say, this give you an opportunity, it gives you almost a six hour window so that you can help the people to protect themselves and maybe even their property?
1: Yes, exactly. This is the fire spread system in uh, within a half an hour, it can give us information, or to the end user, to the first responders, give information about uh, how the fire will spread within the next six hours. And even uh, we can give information about the next 12 hours, and this is. Uh, an important tool that can help uh, uh, fire management. Uh, this is important. And I think another point that I would like to stress before finishing is that it is important to have a close collaboration of scientists with uh, civil protection and the state because uh, it is. Uh, um, important that all this uh, knowledge that is uh, produced within uh, the uh, from the sciences be used for the good of uh, uh, of people
0: i think this is fantastic well thank you very much this is dr Vazikovic. she's uh, kotrani uh, research director institute of environmental research national observatory of athens talking about wildfires in greece but also the best practices that are now being Uh, developed and uh, shared across the globe. Thank you again for being with us as we create the Emerald Planet.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for being with us on the Emerald Planet TV. And we're going back and we're going to capture something that we uh, shown before. But it leads us to the topic of today, wildfires and the damage that's been happening all across the globe. But there is a a solution that was developed before we even realized that there was a continuing problem with the wildfires. It's called MARS Salute, Manage Aquifer Systems. And uh, we have uh, Dr. Lobo Fiera, who is the Principal Research Officer, Portugal National Civil Engineering Laboratory, and Lisbon, Portugal. LANEC is the acronym for that. And Lobo, welcome back to the Emerald Planet TV.
2: It's a great pleasure to be here again, Dr. Sam.
0: Now, looking at uh, Mars Salute, again, I'm saying it was a solution that was uh, developed almost before we knew we had a real problem with the wildfires, uh, but we had a real problem as far as having water going forward through this 21st century. Why is Mars Salute so important and really is a natural bridge into the research and studies about wildfires?
2: Well, that's a very good uh, question because uh, it links uh, what is managed aquifer recharge that's incorporating excess of water in wet years in the soil to compensate the missing climate change, natural recharge, but we would like to put that inside the aquifers with a very good quality, okay? In Marsol, that's the previous project, we have assessed how could we infiltrate the largest quantity of water in bases, in, in cast aquifers, etc., and now we know that we can do that. But the question of the quality is a must. You can have or, uh, wastewater treated, or can have water from rooftops of greenhouses, or then a problem, wildfires creates ashes that will go over land and will eventually infiltrate in the soil. So if we can remove, and that's what Marsalut is doing, those types of pollutants before reaching the groundwater, the aquifers, it will be great. So we are doing here at Lenec precisely so that we can have quality also in the recharge. So to be sound, safe and sustainable strategy. Quantity is okay, but now the quality. So we are creating man-made soil, putting organic matter, types of layers of removal of the particles. And in wildfires, one of the most problematic areas that we have researched is the quality of the water in the bird areas. So reaching the water bodies, surface and groundwater. And what is happening is that you cook the soils when it's so hot with all this, uh, wildfires reaching there so the soil is like cooked and it becomes hydrophobic so the water is not infiltrating not just on the cover of the soil but probably five ten centimeters below so we have to devise a way to cut this barrier it's a barrier made by the wildfire so that we can incorporate the water physically there this could be one of the solutions to counteract the wildfires Uh, Probably uh, my idea for wildfires to put science in, to combat, is first preparedness and prevention. So we have to do all the stuff to keep the bushes, to clean, etc. Repair so that when it comes to wildfire, because we are in the Mediterranean area, like in California, in Australia, Queensland, that also have this problem. And if you have a problem in Portugal, because it's a very wet uh, country compared also to the others, it doesn't seem, but we have almost one meter precipitation a year, 90, 900 millimeters precise. So we create a lot of biomass. And in the summertime it's so good the tourists come here because it's dry, it doesn't run. But if you reach the 30, 30, 30 bad numbers, 30 kilometers of the wind speed, 30 degrees plus Celsius of temperature and the humidity below 30%, that's normal. Then you can have these wildfires. So what we are targeting here is to devise mechanisms to put the science here and probably you know that the best opportunity is not to let the fires go on. So phase B, you are combating the fires. So we have a, a, a project and the idea is to kill the fires in the first 20, 30 minutes, okay? Preparedness. Yeah,
0: and, I, and what we're doing is, uh, if I can uh, build off of this, you're putting the science in, in order to have quality water out. Now, looking at some of these uh, projects that uh, you've shared with us, tell us exactly what is happening here and why that is important. And we're gonna step through each of these uh, slides that you've shared oh, with that's... us of the different uh, types of remediation and also different types of best practices uh, yes. that you are now studying at LANEC, which yeah. can be shared not only across Portugal, of course, the European Union, but really around the globe. So what are we looking at here, Lobo? Yeah, uh,
2: we've selected different case study areas in central Portugal that every year, when it's very, very bad, three years since 2020, 2000, we have three wildfires for more than 4,400 kilometers that were burned, two the size of Luxembourg. So it's huge. So we selected areas where we have uh, seven, uh, the conditions of the ground, granite, schist, etc., are representative. What we're doing here in a burn area, just burn area is putting the measure of the water that will, the precipitation that will fall goes down. It will flush over the overland and is trapped in a device that you can collect water coming from, and then you measure what are the pollutants there. So the heavy metals, the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, all the stuff. So we were collecting the water, not only there, so in the soil also, but also the water reaching uh, the water bodies, okay? So the pounds and also the groundwater. Why? Because some of this water will reach streams that will lead to dams that are supplying Lisbon, for instance, Castel du And so we would like to know what is the quality of this water flowing down, and also what are the measures that we can devise in the riparian zones of the streams to this uh, this type of problem okay so what you're seeing there is an area that we know the size of the area so we can see per square meter what is the amount of this type of pollutants compared to the natural solutions the area selected was burned not burned burned again etc so that you can see what is happening there Got it. we have um, also bur-
0: got this uh, next image yeah uh, tell us how this is a transition to uh, into further research
2: yeah okay this one you see the black and the brown okay the black is the area that was burned by the wildfire what i was saying before so this is it was not black it turned black by the ashes so what we're taking there is this topsoil, soil trying to see what is the amount of the pollution that is trapped to the soils and later eventually seven months later whatever it will come and reach the groundwater so we are removing the soil to know what is inside the soil, and so that you have the physical know how in this large area 1,000 square kilometers, 4,000 what is the amount reaching the, the bus and the, the rivers, the creeks, and also the groundwater? We have an idea.
0: Now, this is really a dramatic image here. So, what is yeah. happening, and uh, why do you have this uh, severe falloff? Uh, from the uh, stand of trees to the immediate right uh, of yeah. this, uh, this cave-in.
2: Yeah, probably this could be some area there that you can have. This is like uh, in uh, the Grand Canyon, you have a cut that you can go millions of years back. Here you can see what is happening in different areas of the soil uh, in depth, okay? And you can measure the travel time in capsules in the unsaturated zone and knowing the travel time and how many time we have to remove that or to counteract that pipe. What I like it, uh, you know, my type of doctor was, uh, doctoring was precise mathematical modeling of the travel time of pollutants in groundwater. So after knowing this, you have the boundary condition to know what is the quantity there, because we have measured, and then you can make the mathematical models to see what is the expected amount reaching the stream, for instance
0: now go uh, tell us uh, what's happening here and uh, this looks like it's an old well of some kind
2: yeah yes yeah. so you are touching precisely one of the problems of the wildfires in portugal is the human desertification so before you have the terraces you have these large wells this is calling the nora so it was the donkey that was turning around putting this well that will go with water to a canal for uh, the agriculture and now the aging of the people is a problem and then you have the bushes and it's expensive to clean and the government cannot clean all the private properties and they are making legislations of the people to counteract. and some of the areas we don't even know who belongs because the people died the people immigrate i don't know to the united states to other parts or to the cities and so this is the transformation of the socio-economic so it's just like uh, a powder uh, that will explode sometimes. This is my colleague, Manuel Oliveira, measuring precisely the water in, in a well. So knowing what really reached the well. And as a matter of fact, you can measure. It's not instantaneous. This, it was a three-year project. So you can uh, have the time series of those concentrations, see when it arrives, etc., and the peaks. And we have done that for eucalyptus, for pine trees, but also for other shrubs, and we took that Tons of them to incinerate in lenek itself to compare what we measure for what we have burned in lenek in incineration cameras to see the comparing of the potential for the, the mathematical models mm-hmm. this is the same it's uh, removing also after a while you see the grass is now coming on so that's what i think saying we have done that for 3 years so uh, that was a, a lady uh, Laranjeira, Isabel, uh, that was working with us, but from the agronomical department, because we were working with universities of this area, Castelo Branco Universities. So people from uh, not just civil engineers as myself, or uh, geologists, but also bio, okay, bio, bio, biosphere. So agronomical engineers. So this is the degradation that's really hopeful. And then now we are really uh, this. One of the things is that before, the, I was looking for you today, the the, the, the discoveries. So the first last 11,000 hectares that burned 80% and since the 13th century was there. So we are really changed. Climate change is there really. So it was 1249 to 1276, the first pine that will bring the woods for the caravels. And this is the aspect. So you have to have like patches and not continuous forests. So creating natural diversity that some trees that will not burn. And this is what we're trying to change now, reforestation, but different types. You see, it's huge amount of things. And also the illegal commerce of hoods, it's a really problem because you have illegal economy mounted on wildfires. And this we have somehow to kill, okay? So also you see a bottle connecting the water from a pound also to measure after reaches the stream. So we measure every water body uh, in this, uh, knowing uh, what is going on like carbon, PHS, calcium, manganese, uh, sodium, potassium, nitrous and sulfate, a huge amount of the manganese can be a very good tracer because it goes very high. Uh, after a week, but then it decreases, it means the water goes flushing to a certain reservoir. So, we have also measured uh, organic material, so a lot of the, uh, things. But some is not bad news because now we know what to do, and we are intending to have like this trapping zones and rehabilitating by biofuel the woods or the bushes that we have to be killed is still very low compared to. Uh, solar to hydropower and to eolic but this could be so you, you clean but it's producing energy at the same time so we are changing the economy and the, a lot of young people is really moving inlands this day so i hope that this trend of desertification is over through the university in the interior of portugal etc so it's very good news i think but still a long way to go
0: well, thank you, uh, Lobo Fiera, Principal Research yes. Officer of Linec for being with us, sharing your very interesting research, and this uh, going from the uh, stormwater into the wildfires as a natural bridge. Thank you for being with us as we correct it's the, a the It's a pleasure.
2: It's
0: a pleasure. Thank you. Looking at the topic of wildfires and the impact it's having on human society and also on the natural surroundings. Dr. Jiao Matos, he's the Director of Agriculture and Forestry from an organization called Future Compta. It's an information technology company. And welcome for being with us. Hi, thank you for
3: for, uh, 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 receiving us also.
0: Now, looking at uh, future Compta, just tell us why you have this uh, motto, digital for people. What does that really mean?
3: Uh, The digital for people, yeah. We develop solutions, IT solutions, and um, we aim to, uh, one of our objectives is that our solutions can be used by people. We are talking, uh, all our solutions try to be green and try to help people um, to be greener also.
0: Now looking at this uh, green tech challenge, uh, this is something I know is very important uh, across Europe. Uh, tell us what this is all about and how does that really aid and supported your company as far as what you're doing and the best practices you've been able to develop through this green tech challenge.
3: Uh, Green Tech Challenge was a conference uh, where I was invited to talk, and um, it's it's a company that uh, it's not uh, it's European, and uh, they try to help people and to try to help companies to be greener and to be um, more technological uh, advanced. We are dealing with them, and uh, we are trying to make business together. Um, it's a name that uh, we also like the Green Tech challenge it's um, a very um, uh, nice name uh, and uh, in the it makes a lot of sense in the days that we are uh, in, in these days. Um, but as I told you, it was a conference. it was a name of a conference. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you know it's something that's ongoing and has real long-term impact as far as the European Union is concerned. And I think that's something that's important. It's not just a one and finish, but it's one and continuing, particularly if it's a uh, competition that allows people to really improve their organizations and the uh, number of green practices uh, that they are developing. But you have a a, a very sophisticated, integrated uh, technology. Tell us about that and what are we looking at And how does all this fit together as far as wildfires are concerned?
3: Yes, it's our product. It's the B2 fire detection um, system, and um, uh, the, the objective is to detect the fires as early as possible. I believe a lot that if we have technology that help us to detect the fires in the first seconds or in the first minutes we can avoid to have uh, huge wildfires. It's a fight that I've been carrying a long time ago, uh, and uh, we and my team, and my, me and my team, we are developing this technology a long time ago. And um, with this technology, we can detect fires within the distance of 15 kilometers, which means that each system can cover almost 700 square kilometers Mm. Uh, it's a wide very wide area Uh, it's very important in europe where we have very high density in houses uh, to detect the fires as early as possible so that we don't have uh, catastrophes and they don't have uh, burn houses and uh, people with problems Um, in united states i think that it's also the problem that the people need to address it's to detect the fire as fast as possible mm-hmm. i've been in the united states some time and learning how uh, people work and how this theme of the fire is addressed and i think it's not yet um, well understand but um, we will reach that uh, that uh, that um, 10.
0: Now, looking at the technologies that you have here, uh, Joe, tell us what each piece is and why it's critical as far as identifying uh, the fires. And I think you're trying to do this in the first 30 minutes so it can be addressed and hopefully uh, extinguished uh, before it gains speed, strength and intensity.
3: Yeah first I will tell you that um, our aim is to detect the fire in the first 5 minutes and then the, that the fireman the, the, the fireman can reach the position in less than 20 minutes mm-hmm. uh, it's well known that if it happens the fireman can uh, attack the fire and uh, with a few um, uh, cars and a few men they can take care of it only less than 20 minutes after 20 minutes the fire will grow and will spread very um, with with high speed mm-hmm. our technology we we have three technologies to detect fire it's optical technology with ai we teach interf- um, our, our algorithms of artificial intelligence to detect the fires uh, with high distances we also use thermal cameras for different kinds of purposes, uh, uh, main, uh, mainly in um, very density places and near. And also we developed a technology with the spectrometer, optical spectrometer detection that we can detect also very accuracy with very accuracy, the smoke in the air, detecting the chemical of the smoke.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I think yeah. uh, using the, the solar energy, it looks like you have here in the foreground uh, you can put these just about anywhere. And uh, of course, you're not uh, emitting any greenhouse gas emissions uh, from the energy that you need, but yet these are very portable and can be located just about anywhere, correct?
3: Yes, it's correct. We can locate it anywhere. We have systems like these in the middle of the, um, the Brazilian forest in the, um, and other, way, uh, other places. We only need to communicate with the system to, with internet for somewhere. Uh, We can use also satellite to to communicate. So it's very portable and we have different situations of uh, systems, depending on the place that we want to install them.
0: Yeah, this is a very dramatic uh, image uh, that you have here as far as uh, trying to be there before Uh, What we're seeing going on in the background and the mix of the technologies that you have developed uh, is very intriguing and sounds like uh, these are in themselves uh, best practices. But we're seeing some uh, locations. Tell us about the location uh, that we're looking at here and, again, how this is an integrated system so that you can quickly detect the fires and alert the fire department.
3: Yes the system is uh, installed in the amazonia forest it's a portable system that can be carried with a car or with an helicopter uh, the idea is to be very far from the places where are people installed and to communicate with um, the firemen or the central station uh, using the internet connections that we have available today um, it's very interesting this system it's working more than five years in brazil and uh, it's completely autonomous as you said we we sold this this system to brazil because it's zero impact um it can be installed not impact on energy it has solar power it has um, uh, weather stations you have communications you had video surveillance you have uh, detection of um, someone that tried to make um, to, to destroy the system so it's very autonomous. It's very intelligent, and it's working there
0: a long time ago. Yeah, this is uh, this is amazing. This is a close-up of the system. Uh, very compact, uh, but yet still very sophisticated.
3: Yes, it's true. We this system uses uh, optical spectrometry to detect the chemical of the smoke. It's a um, uh, um, technology that we patented here in Portugal. And after that, we patented it worldwide. Um, And uh, we are using this technology. We are the only company in the world that are using this technology to detect not only the smoke, but now we we are connected with universities and uh, we are studying also the pollution in large areas with this kind of system. So you see that we are installing systems that can grow. Uh, We install the system and we learn with the information that we receive from it. And then we can have more conclusions and help the people again to be greener and to be less polluted world.
0: Now, looking at this one, uh, this is uh, a stationary one. And uh, where is this located? And also- is this different than the first one? Or is it the fact is that this is a uh, being set up so that it's there more as a permanent location?
3: It's a brother from the other one. It's uh, near. Uh, it's also in Brazil. Um, the difference is that uh, it, this system does not have wheels. It can be carried with an helicopter or with um, with any other. But it's also a zero impact system. Um, it has solar power. It seems that it, it looks like it's um, a, a space a space um,
0: yeah space vehicle
3: a space vehicle but no it's here in the earth and um it's all uh, w- when we when we send the system it's all like a, a small cube and uh, when it opens it seems like that
0: yeah uh, it's, it's just absolutely amazing and this is uh actually opening uh one of these now this large boom that you have on top of this what is that for
3: this is, this is a, a pole, a 15 meter pole, that can um, come down to make assistance or to try to, to clean the lenses of the cameras, and then it goes up again. Uh, it's it's a pole that can come down and goes up.
0: Right. It's
3: yeah. usually in vertical, but comes down to clean and then goes up again.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's amazing the technology that you have actually to protect your technology and uh, i would assume this is a, a transmitter so that you're going to transmit to uh, the satellites and to stay in constant contact
3: no in in the bottom you have the antenna for the satellite but uh, in the this is a 50 meters uh, tower and imagine in the top of this it was a man uh, working almost 24 hours with all the problems that it has, with less than one square meter to work, and uh, he was detecting fires, and we substitute the man for for the machine, that it's working automatic, and the man can be doing other things. It was. It's imagine you working there, uh, twenty four hours a day, and uh, only needing to climb up and climb down. To 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 make to eat or to drink or something that you right, need, right. uh, it, it's not it's not a very good. Um, right.
0: Well, it's all automatic now. Yeah. This uh, is this is the this is the, uh, the ground uh, scene of that. Now, looking at uh, we've uh, run out of time, but tell us why you're saying this is the ultimate tool for wildfire detection. Give us a quick summary, and uh, then we must exit. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh,
3: w- we are developing a tool that can predict fires and say and, uh, and, and create alarms, depending on the risk on, of having a fire, can detect the fire as early as possible. And after the detection, it gives the prediction how the fire will spread. So we think that it's a 360 degrees tool that can help before, during and after. And we think that with this kind of tool, in the future, we can help the firemen and uh, the country and the, the, the governments to avoid this kind of problem and uh, to to attack it as fast as possible. It's Doctor, what I uh, believe.
0: Dr. Matos, thank you very much for being with us as we create the Emerald Planet.
3: You are welcome. Thank you very much.
0: We're looking at the topic of firefires and how these wildfires actually are bringing destruction and making great negative impacts on societies around the globe. We're talking specifically about the country of Portugal, but this really is lessons learned and best practices for around the globe. We have Dr. Jao Mira. He is Technology Innovation Manager of Thales Portugal. And Joe, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV.
4: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be uh, participating in these initiatives.
0: Uh, Looking at uh, Thales Portugal, tell us uh, just quickly, what is it about? And why is it so important as far as wildfires are concerned?
4: Thales is a company that deals with critical environments. Uh, Critical environments are, for example, Um, institutions, governments, but uh, our natural resources are also critical environments. So it's one of our concerns, providing technology that deals with those uh, critical environments and forests are part of them. Mm -hmm. Wonderful.
0: Looking at fire and human evolution, this is something that uh, we all take for granted. We know about, but in the earliest days, this is something that was a huge uh revelation and innovation as far as humankind why has fire been so important in the evolution of not only humans but the entire planet itself
4: yeah fire fire helped our our ancestors to uh, have a better better feeding it helped them to prepare uh the natural conditions to to have a better life as much as possible, and it enabled them to move to move around. And when moving around, they also used fire to improve the local conditions where they stayed, to um, to to stay there and to have a better uh, a better life, uh, warmth, food. Now, looking
0: at wildfires and by nature, we know that wildfires really are caused and they are acts of nature. Uh, what is this impact on the environment and Mother Earth?
4: Well, fires always happened through the ages, and uh, they they've created natural wildfires, and it may it may happen from different conditions, uh, strike to striking from from. From uh, from above, uh, uh, the sun may may reflect on on um, uh, water uh, or drops of water and may may act as lenses. What uh, happened with the presence of humans is that uh, their presence and using the tools that we just learned increased the chances of fires to propagate.
0: Now looking at human impacts, as far as the the world is concerned, what we're looking at here, we definitely understand this is human beings being very bad to nature.
4: Yeah, sometimes humans are careless. Maybe they don't want to start a fire, but it's likely that they create conditions for, for those fires to trigger.
0: Now, monitoring and acting, this is something that you've learned Uh, Just like in uh, responding first responders as far as an accident or a crime scene or whatever, there's a certain period of time that we need to be able to monitor and act as far as suppressing and eliminating the total destruction by wildfires. How has that happened and why is it so important that we be as fast as possible to respond to uh, any kind of spark? that's being set off in nature.
4: Yeah, even better than responding is not having to respond, is mm-hmm. to detect detect conditions before, before they trigger something. And technology helps on that. <clears throat> uh, at the early ages, people just looked at the forest. Now we have conditions to look from above. For example, satellites help to look from far and cover big regions. Uh, Cameras can can look at forests uh, for cover long long assets. Uh, Software tools can simulate what happens if a fire triggers. Forests are huge in size. And in most of the cases, there is no one there or there are limited conditions to monitor what is happening. So technology may help, surely helps, to um, either detect or uh, help to conduct firefighting, strong fires.
0: Now, the uh, fire-related events and technologies, we saw some examples of that in the last slide, Uh, but technology really is critical in this very urbanizing world where 80% of the people live in built environments. And in many cases, we're so far away from the incidents of the wildfires How does technology allow humans to bridge our eyes and our actions
4: and reactions uh, into the natural world? That's exactly what uh, technology does. It increases our capacities to where we cannot uh, reach easily. That's That's what it does. It can see Earth from above. It can uh, extend our eye coverage to long ranges. For example, long range cameras can see what we count, Uh, but it doesn't cover everything. There are conditions that technology is not able to cover. That's where we come in. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Now, looking at the human factor and uh, detecting and being able to deal with wildfires, Why is it so important that we always have all of our senses at work to detect wildfires if we actually are out in nature? And how do we get that information back into people who really can react? First responders for nature, just like first responders for humankind.
4: Yeah, humans are everywhere, or almost everywhere. Even in the in the in the wild, as as you can see from this picture, so if this lady is looking at uh, let's imagine a very small piece of smoke, it might be enough to warn authorities that something might be wrong. Mm-hmm. So we are capable of uh, also detecting things that technology can't. It's it's impossible to have technology everywhere, and sometimes it's impossible for technology to detect very small things, but we can. And as we are everywhere and technology can't, we may help to detect things that technology can't.
0: Right, very good. Now, uh, having citizens involved as far as solutions, not just part of the problems, how do we emphasize that we as humans are solutions and not just part of the problem?
4: Uh, Well, as we can use fire for good, as we did in the past, we can use it for bad. But if we learn that uh, using it for the wrong reasons, uh, if we we people understand that they shouldn't, uh, maybe they will not do what they shouldn't mm-hmm. that may trigger fires. Just being careful when they are in the wild, especially in, in, the, in the dry season, uh, not... Uh, leaving pieces of uh, burnt uh, paper or cigarettes, cleaning the forest, not leaving pieces of dirt that are um, uh, that can can burn, uh, just being careful. It's uh, it's a good. It's a first good step.
0: Yeah, and looking at this photograph, this is really <laughs> nicely done <laughs> because you're looking at the solution as well as. Uh, people taking action to clean, to glean the forest, but also to emphasize: do not leave any trash or propellants
4: in the forest. Exactly, cleaning the forest—it's one way. The other way is not even getting it dirt, dirty. Uh, so uh, humans have a huge role on on uh, preventing fires come, from coming up and uh, eventually on detecting them.
0: Now, looking at this uh, detection, so it's important that uh, we have our sense of awareness, uh, situational awareness, it's called, uh, when we're out in nature. And so not only are we enjoying nature and becoming part of nature, but at the same time, we're helping to protect it. So how do we merge these three things together within the same human being?
4: Well, we have uh, when we are out in the wild, we may just be looking for nice things, birds, forest, vegetation, nature, but we may also see things that are not uh, necessarily good. So, we may behave as as an early detection detection device. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if we pass this information at early stages, we may prevent fires. So it's uh, as simple as that. We are a sensor (laughs) and a good one.
0: Using their own senses, uh, and this is going to be our last slide. Why is it so important that we use all of our five senses? Actually, some people say more, but five senses to uh, abate forest yes. fires, and we have to be quick. We're, uh, we're out of time.
4: Yeah. Uh, we have something that most machines don't. Uh, we have the senses, and with those senses, we can smell fire. Just talking about fires, we can smell fires even if they are far. We can see conditions for the fire or fire themselves. Uh, we, we can... Um, here, conditions or, or fire or what fire produces, and we have brains. And brains um, link these senses mm. to our past knowledge. So we can also understand those conditions may lead to critical or out of control uh, situations. Mm. That's something that machines for the moment can't do, at least the way we do.
0: Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Jal Mira of Thales, Portugal, as we look around the globe to create the Emerald Planet.